The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Welcome to the Faith Debate. We go for another round, another week. They, they keep having us back. One of these days they'll come to their senses and... <laughs> <laughs> tell, us not, tell us not to come back anymore. Hopefully that won't be for a lot of years. We uh, are on the cusp of entering our 19th year. Uh, the very first show we ever did, if, if memory serves, was the first Sunday in November of 2004, I believe. So this is the last Sunday in October of 2022. Uh, boo. Happy Halloween and all that, because we're all into that sort of stuff day. around here. <laughs> Happy Reformation Day. <laughs> October 31st. Yeah. So anyway, lest we should forget, we just had the 500th anniversary of that not too many years ago. Um, Anyway, we're talking the last few weeks about what to look for in a church, what to not look for in a church, uh, when it's time to leave a church. And one of the issues that drives those kind of decisions for a lot of people is music. And so we're going to talk, and this isn't necessarily meant to be, so when should you leave or how should you choose a church based on music, although that might be part of what we talk about. But what are the things that should be thought about when, when we think about conducting music in a worship service? And um, some people think it should be psalms only, it should be a cappella only, um, you know, or it can be psalms, but also hymns are okay, or hymns only. Some are all about the praise and worship, contemporary songs, you know, and, you know, so what's the, what's the right mix? Is there a right mix? Is, is it, you know, is My there way. the right way to do this? And I'm going to start with a story and let you guys run off the races. There's somebody that I know personally who's, I have every reason to believe is, is, an actual believing Christian, lives a good Christian life. So all the evidence of the fruit is there. And yet, despite this, uh, he and his family chose a church when they were, when they were looking for a church. Uh, they visited a few, and the first church, this is, this is his own testimony, the first church they visited that had a drum kit is where they stayed. That was the litmus test. It wasn't a theological question. It wasn't how biblical, how good the sermons were. It wasn't, wasn't anything. It was, did they have drums? And if they had drums, he's like, okay, this is going to be a cool church because I guess they're going to entertain me. They're going to have good music. That was probably the idea there. And, so, and I will say, in fairness to him, he, he seemed to make an okay choice for him and his family. They stuck there for a long time. They, they're not there anymore. They've moved out of the area. But that was his thing. It's, I know people who've left churches because they didn't have drums. So... Personally, I think that's kind of ridiculous either way, but I think Daniel actually has some uh, different, uh, maybe hardcore, well-formulated views on some of these questions because he is a musician. <laughs> yes, uh, my background is in music, and so I'm very passionate about music. Um, so we can I start think, with you and pivot off of that. So I, what are we looking for well, with our music in the church? Yeah, oh, okay. so maybe, maybe start with something else. But what I, what I would say before we get into the substance of it is I think it's very important for there to be clear written guidelines about what types of music you allow in the church and why. And so we have that for ours. It's a very, it's only a one-page document, but it's very clear. Here's the things and here's why, and here's the biblical verses to back up each of the points on the list. Uh, because I think a lot of times pastors, especially churches with an older pastor that may be retiring soon, they had very strong opinions on music and they knew what was good and not too good to have in the church. And as they start to shift their leadership and responsibilities away to the younger generation, the younger generation just does what's cool and what's fun and hip, and they really undermine a lot of the music. I've seen a lot of churches backslide when the music changes. It's usually the first thing, I would argue, even before uh, some of the woke stuff, the first thing that changes is the music, and after that changes a lot of other things when it's non-traditional music. So anyway, that's what I'll say. Do you you think the music is is the catalyst or the 
like the harbinger of the I'd say both, the, a little bit of both, sliding. depending on the context. I've seen some very dramatic changes in churches where the first thing that changed was the music, and right. almost immediately after that, a whole bunch of other things started changing. Almost like it, uh, like it, it opened the door for for almost, other changes. Almost, almost like that, yeah, mm. um, yeah. But I think it's a leading going, indicator of if they're not going to have really savvy, you know. Uh, there's, if there's not a lot of wisdom in their decisions on their music, it's probably need to care. They might not have a lot of wisdom in some other areas. Right. That, yeah. That's how I would think about it. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think music is very, uh, you know, usually a very good gauge for you know what a church is about. You know, are they um, are they looking to be very similar to or very tasteful? You know, for those who are used to being of the world and in the world, um, you know, and, uh, and then also, you know, and that's, that's music style probably, you know, that would, would tell you that. Do you have written documentation of the kind of music you would do in your church? No, I have nothing in writing, Troy. I don't yeah. even have a website, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Well, I didn't know if you... If we you don't have some... a website either, but we have written music. Yeah, I didn't know if you would have some documents like, you know, that are official, like, you know, Statement constitutional or something like that. Statement I don't, of faith or something. Yeah, no, I don't have anything. I mean, we have a website, so a lot of... Basically, everything that we have in writing, you see on our website. I don't have... I don't think we have anything in writing that's not on our website. So if you want to know what we have in writing, what we believe, and the things we thought were important enough to write down... <laughs> Go to houseofthefaithinchrist.com, and it's all there for the world to see. Yeah. I'm not so sure that you, – you mean, like, the, there's probably some wisdom in, in having it written down, but you're not saying that, like, it should be a requirement that churches would have that written down. Because I, I, I'm, you know, I feel like if you've got good men in leadership, when that retiring pastor goes away, if he's got good elders in place and, and they do a good job hiring a biblical pastor to replace the outgoing pastor, they're going to continue to make good – biblical decisions that would include the music. So I'm not so sure that I feel the weight of importance of having it written down, but there might be some wisdom in it that I'm just blind to. I see some major um, effects that music has on the church, on the psychology of people, the behavior of people, the the, the soul of the church. Um, There's a lot more that music has involvement. I think it's often put on the back burner. The pastors either don't care so much or they let somebody else who knows about these things pick the music. Um, but it, I think there is some deep theological importance to choosing the music and why you choose certain music. Um, so there's a couple points that a lot of pastors will say, if they care about these things, they'll, they'll look at these first. One is the lyrics. You know, if you look at all about music, usually you say, okay, sure. is the lyrics, are the lyrics biblical, first of all? And then, you know, are, are, I, I think a really good, easy test is if you can't tell whether you're singing to God or to your girlfriend, then it's probably not good lyrics in the in the song, right? Um, you need to have it clear that you're singing to God, the God of the Bible specifically. So there needs to be good theology in the lyrics. Uh, there's there's a lot of resources about that, and and you can kind of read a song and and kind of figure that out whether it's biblical. Um, and there's a lot of difference in doctrine based on those. The other the the major area which has a lot of stuff has been said on it and you, if you google this you can probably find it is rock music is of the devil and you can't have that in the church you may have, you've probably heard a statement to that effect sure. before um i'm a child of the 60s 70s and 80s i heard that a lot yeah so they were playing beatles records of, backwards and all that sort of yeah. stuff and it was just it was just on the heels so, i was born on the heels of the whole elvis is devil music so i grew up yeah. in that environment big time so i mean there is 
I've done a lot of research on it. There is something to be said for certain types of music, and I won't use the word rock music in this sentence, but certain types of music are evil and demonic. It is possible to be uh, spiritually oppressed with the music. Now, you probably have Um, something to that effect in your written document. Mm -hmm. And you said that you have, like, scriptural support texts and stuff for all these positions. So what would be scriptural support texts for that? So there is... There's a few di- a few different things. Um, one is certain types of music um, are elicit the wrong emotions and sinful emotions. Um, Joshua on the top of the mountain, when he heard uh, you know the people with the golden calf, he said to Moses, "There's a there's a vo- noise of war in the camp, but they weren't fighting; they were singing." And he said, "It's it's singing, but they're they're at war, right?" He could tell. There was evil music going on in the camp that was sounding like a war happening, and there's a lot of scripture that talks about um, being uh, at peace and in one accord and things like that. There's there's many things uh, from a music theory perspective, um, technical, and we can get really technical. We won't have time to do that today, but there's a lot of things from a technical perspective about syncopation and heavy backbeat that is against nature it's against it's uh, backwards from the heartbeats that god created in nature and a lot of natural rhythms that are throughout nature um that is just against the natural order of things are you talking about like heavy metal kind of stuff i'm talking about if you have four beats in the measure then stronger on two and four will be a backbeat one two three four one two three four so that's the the classic rock beat where you have stronger beats on two and four that's an unhealthy rhythm, as a, and I'm not going to call it evil necessarily today. There are evil music, I, I'm, I, and there's there's gray areas too. I would say, but that's the opposite. The, the more natural rhythm is one, two, three, four, where you have stronger beats on the first and third beat of the measure. So there's something with the beats. Um, that's that's the a ones and the threes. We go to a black church, that's where they clap, right? You, usually, and if you go to a white church, they typically clap on the twos and fours, right? Right, and the reason for that, I would say is there's a lot of um, cultural things that, 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 that certain churches understand. And in Africa, for example, there's a lot, of, a lot of the wish doctors use some of those rock beats. And if you go to church in Africa, um, most of them are going to be very, what I would call, healthy music. They're made very opposite of that because they understand that certain music does invite demonic activity. And so they would actually be opposite of that, and they would have what I would term healthy beats, clapping on one and three, for example. Um, so I think that that is one part of it. There's music has several parts, though. They got the beat, we got the lyrics, but then we have melody, and we have harmony. And there's melody. So there's, there's a lot of different things that go along with all of that. But even backing up from the type of music, how do you perform it? How do you play it? And I just use the word perform. It shouldn't be a performance. If it's anything, it's a performance to God. But if you're clapping at the end of a song, that's probably a red flag. If the church is clapping, because you shouldn't be clapping, you shouldn't be cheering the people who are performing, you're cheering God. And usually when you're clapping, you're clapping because, oh, that was cool music, I love that music. So those are some of the things that we've written down. So it's not just about the types of music, it's about how you play it. Yeah, you know, I think that, like that. for me, the clapping, if I'm the, we have a small church and there's no clapping. <laughs> When we're doing our music. Well, I don't mind clapping during the song. But, That's but not I, what I'm talking but, about. No, yeah, I know what you're saying. But, but, but there's no opportunity. It, it would be so obtuse to be clapping in our context. But I've been right. to churches where they do, and I will. I don't know if I, red flags strong. I think I will say I've, I think I've thrown up some yellow flags depending on how that's handled. I think that it's a natural instinct in our society when somebody sings a song uh, and they do a good job. 
like to show appreciation by clapping. I think it's just like an instinct. It's inbred. It could feel so forced right. and awkward to tell somebody don't clap. But I've heard but churches handle that re- reasonably well by saying, let's all give praise to the Lord. Let's clap for the Lord. And he's blessed us with this music. I've heard them pivot and make it God-directed. And I feel like right. that's, that's, that's an that's attempt to okay. try to do that. I, I would say, yeah, but our natural urges is also to sin, and we should suppress those. So just because you naturally want to clap when somebody plays a song doesn't mean it's a good thing to do in a church service. So, yeah, but see, that's where I'm, 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 there's, there could be some wisdom here, but, you know, that's why I'm, I'm trying to, I haven't thought through all of these things as much as you have, but I, I'm, have, I'm having a hard time thinking, like, off the top of my head. Like, even the, the passage with Joshua saying, I hear in the, I'm hearing the sounds of war, maybe there was singing mixed in, but I'm thinking there's also some hooting and hollering and some, some aggressive noises coming, and it's not just... Well he, well, he said specifically that it was singing that he heard. It's not the sound of men that cry for uh, for help or for or, or yelling and hooting and hollering. It, it didn't say hooting and hollering, but it's the noise of singing that he hears. So it was, he was pretty specific on that. Now, obviously, we don't have a, um, a sheet music from what they were singing, right? So, I mean, that, that, and that's what I mean. Know. I'm thinking like, it's a particular kind so, of us that he would he would recognize as a general himself. He would recognize or a military is, man himself. Like this is the kind of thing that gets people amped up to go to war, right? And that's what they're singing now, or you know. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'm thinking. In ter- I'm, I'm taking this in to think. How do or you know so, should so I apply mix, this with household of faith in Christ? Yeah, so and I'm, I'm not hearing anything that makes me change what we're doing my, this yet. In my guidelines, there's a mix of there's biblical versus principles that we follow, but we're also there's a lot of scientific research that goes into this. So I, and I've spent a lot of time uh, under, uh, you know, looking at the human body and behavioral, especially for children. And when we do the child training and things like that, music has a, uh, pays a huge role in children's behavior. Um, and so then we go, okay, with this type of music has certain effect and why is that? And so we, we dig more deeply and we, we find a lot more information. And then we, there's a lot of verses that do speak to that, but there's, there's no sheet music in the Bible, so it's, it's hard to show, okay, well, see, this is where you're clapping on this beat. That's not there, obviously. But music around the world in most cultures is what I would term healthy music. There's only a couple cultures, um, namely in Africa and in South America, that the traditional music from that culture is what I would term unhealthy music. Well, and a lot of the music that we have, we don't have the sheet music, we have the lyrics, um, mm-hmm. but it's not really metered the way we think about it. I mean, they, almost nothing rhymes. Uh, there's not a necessarily a, a pattern like in the Psalms. Yeah, there's not. A, that's, the poetry is very different from exactly, and, and they were singing that, and it wasn't like every line has the same number of of uh, syllables where yeah. you could beat it out, you know, me- measure the beats or something. So I, I don't know what it might have sounded like, but it probably sounded nothing like what we think of as Western music today. So one, one of the things that I think is is good about this conversation because I I feel like a lot of people, you know, probably several minutes ago were like. Well, this is just overthinking it, Daniel. Like, you know, there's, like, just, you know, sure. let, it, let, it, let it go. Is, is it really that big a deal? But I, I think this is a, a good conversation to have. I think it is, you know, this is a good demonstration of really trying to, um, trying to, trying to carefully, you know, in every area of life, you know, say, okay, what, what is the, the Godward way to do this? You know, not because the, the Bible doesn't speak, uh, you know, like you said, like it doesn't give us sheet right. music or examples and melodies or things like but, that. And, and, but, but we should say, okay, but what are, what are the biblical principles for, sure. for life and how do they apply to this particular area? And, and 
just because the Bible doesn't explicitly talk about a thing doesn't mean that there are biblical principles that guide that, right? right. The Bible doesn't yeah. mention television, but we all have some pretty strong opinions on what kind of shows you should be watching or not watching, right? So music is the same way. The Bible does actually talk a lot about music. It does talk about, you know, in the Psalms it says, there's a verse that says, play skillfully with a loud noise. So it's actually important to be well-trained in a musician, and if your church isn't large enough that has that, that's not like you're and, a bad and, church. And to play loud music. And to play loud, yeah. <laughs> loud noise. I'm all for loud noise, heavy beats, plenty of instruments, okay? But our guidelines do have a few things. Our, our guidelines say no drums in our services. Not because I'm against drums. I actually think drums can be do it done really well. And I think if I had drums and played them in the worship service, it would still be healthy music. But I have a fear that... It's very easy in American culture to play drums and also guitar, those two specific instruments, drums and guitar, to play them in a more um, pop type of way that is not traditional, either traditional Western or Eastern uh, method. It's, it's the, the guitar music and drum music we have is more African in, in most of its influence in Western culture now. And so I say, look, it's better to do without. There's no requirement that it has to be, you have to have guitar and drums during the service in the biblical, uh, you know, mandate. So we're just going to leave them out. Um, but I have no problem on a, on a face of having that instrument. There's no, I mean, the Bible talks about drums. And I would be happy to go to a Jewish congregation, for example, Messianic Jewish congregation, and listen to their drum beats all day long because they have very healthy beats generally. Thankfully, you chose the piano, which has both strings and percussion all in one. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you have a uh, you play the guitar. I do. So you have guitar music at your church. I'm not offended, Daniel. Right? <laughs> Does anybody else in your church uh, play an instrument? Um, well, your kids do, I guess. But, yeah, uh, but they're still probably maybe at more of a novice level. I don't know. If no, we don't have anyone else who uh, who is is comfortable. Uh, yeah. Skill wise, and we don't to, even have that at music. our church. So we're singing to you know recorded music because we don't. And there's a I have, we have some old hymnals and stuff, and we might sing the ones that we know well enough. We just sing those a cappella out of the hymnals, um, but mm. we don't have any musicians. And my, I think right. my wife's a pretty good singer. Uh, for I, the most part, I can hold the tune, but I don't. I'm certainly not like. A trained great singer or anything no, but it's about it's, as good as we get <laughs> i mean if, if possible you want to be educated about the things that you're that you're doing that's all um but there is one thing i want to get to which is not to do with the music at all uh the type of music and this is something that i don't hear enough pastors talking about i think it's really important most churches when you go to if it's if it's got any sort of organization to it during the church service, near the time, uh, they either they have an altar call if they're that type of church, or they have a closing prayer, or whatever they have, the pianist or the musicians will start to play music during the yeah, prayer. Not a fan of that. <laughs> I am so strongly against that. It's really, really bad. The primary reason is music is a language. You are saying something with the music. So when you play music, you're actually saying something different than what is being prayed, unless you're the one praying. So it's one thing if you're praying and you're the pianist and you're also playing music to go along with your prayer, that, that's, I, I could almost be, condone that. But if the person speaking is a different person than the person playing music and they're praying to God, now you have an issue like in um, 1 Corinthians where Paul says, you can't both be speaking at once because you, you can't hear each other over. And when I, because I'm so steeped in music like i don't hear la 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 i hear a g flat you know c sharp like i hear those notes sure. so it's i'm weird that way when i so 
to me, when I'm sitting in way? church, you weird any other ways? Lots of other ways. <laughs> when I sit in church and I and I'm praying and I'm praying with the guy who's praying, and then I hear this music, that takes me completely out of the zone, and now I'm thinking about the mood that the music is in, which is totally different mood often than what's being talked. So. I can't stress that enough. Please don't play music. Yeah, I find it distracting. Uh, I find it manipulative. Mm. And if I feel like somebody's trying to manipulate me, boy, that's a huge turnoff. Like, do not try to manipulate me. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a problem. And the other thing is, it it almost forces the the way the prayer is going to be delivered because usually it's this light little twinkly stuff, you know, elevator music kind of a thing. Good luck pre- uh, praying an imprecatory prayer with that going on. Like, you know, it, it dictates the mood and tone of the prayer. Right. And that's it, so that's three strikes in a row. I got three reasons. I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I'm totally I think, off put by that. I think one of the things, just to sort of look big picture, okay, why, why music at all, uh, is the, you know, when, when music is being played, when people are singing, the, the voices, of the church uh, are being joined together, right in in unity to to praise God by speaking truth, by you know calling on His name, and uh, and so yeah, and and music has the power to do that to to unify and to help you know you know even just tonally right to get everyone on the same page and uh and and that's why i think that's why music is a big deal and uh why people why people feel strongly and and it's interesting that that ends up being one of the most divisive things in churches a lot of times the thing that is supposed to be the most right. unifying yeah. you know in in just very well, practical music can be very addicting it can be like a drug you know, rock music especially can be very, uh, very addictive. And I think that's why people get so offended very easily about when you talk about their music. Oh, no, this is my music. This is my personal preference. Okay, well, you know, it's your personal sexual orientation preference too, but God has a lot to say about that, right? So, so do, you, do you feel like the, the music in, in the church should be especially set apart, different, you know, a, a almost... Yeah. You know, a, a kind of music that is only done when believers gather together. What do you think about that sort of idea? You know, I, I think there's, it, there's, there should be a distinction between secular music and religious music. Um, I mean, it should be clear that you're singing a religious song, um, but I don't think there's, you can not sing that song other times, right? I'd, yeah, I guess that's not. That's I wouldn't not play saying, Beethoven's but... Symphony during church service. Any more right. than I'd play a Beatles song during church service because neither of those is religious music. I'd say the Beethoven Symphony is a lot healthier music than the Beatles song is for a number of reasons, but you still don't play it during church service, right? Just because it's not church related. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can uh, you you can have a, a a church bake sale fundraiser, but you don't do that during the service either. You do it afterward, right? Um, there's things like that. Yeah. I, well, and I I think I think you know it's instructive to us that throughout history, like. Certain music styles have become certain music styles because they have started in the church. True, like, like gospel music, mm-hmm. you know, for instance. Um, I, I I really have to say most cultures, and I've studied music from a lot of different cultures. And you're right, Western and culture, uh, Western music is very different than Middle Eastern music. It's very different than Chinese music and and uh, you know South American music. But in the majority of the cultures, 
they're act, they, the roots are very healthy, what I would term healthy. It's just from a couple cultures in very, interestingly, very heavy, uh, areas of very heavy demonic activity, such as some places in Africa and some places in South America that are known for yeah. having a lot of wish doctors and things like that. That's where a lot of the unhealthy music really has its roots, and it's influenced Western culture. I think it's really important to push back on that. Well, we're going to uh, begin to wrap this up. We've got about a minute or so left in the show, so I don't want us to get caught short. Uh, I'm not sure. You probably have a heck of a lot more you could say about music. I'm not sure if we want to next week you know, at least start with some other thoughts about music or not. Um, I mean, I, I haven't given this a lot of thought. I have some opinions, but they're not all that well formulated, so I don't have a whole lot I necessarily feel the need to, to put out there. But anyway, we can figure that out between this week and next week's show. Uh, David Forsey. Uh, he, he did a lot of talking this week, and, and uh, Daniel Rasby did a lot of talking this week. I think we heard Imran early in the show, and then I think he went and took a nap or something. I'm not sure what happened. We, lo- we lost Imran somewhere along the way. We'll pull him into the conversation next week. I'm Troy Skinner. This is The Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. You can find us online, of course, at WFMD.com. You can hear us every week at, uh, on the FM at... Uh, 99.9 HD2, or, and you can listen live on WFMB.com, the listen live option. And you can connect with us through my church's website because I'm kind of the, the hub and the, the one-stop shop for connecting with all of us here on the show. And that website is householdoffaithinchrist.com, householdoffaithinchrist.com. The Raspies, they have a website, too, that's called uh, conqueredbylove.org, conqueredbylove.org, so you can visit that as well. Until next week, 167 and a half hours from now, God bless.